Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 36 of the PA Term Pod. We're back. Uh, on this episode, uh, we're going to be talking about our invasion at the Wells Fargo Center last Friday, I believe, when the Sixers blew a 20-plus point lead to the Clippers. We'll break that down real quick. Next, we'll talk about the chaos trade offers for one number 25 of the Sixers. Multiple trade offers all of a sudden in the coming week and in the days to come as well before the NBA trade deadline. The next, the bulk of the episode will be the divisional round review. Oh boy, oh boy. Every single game ended at the last second, which was exciting. Parlays were destroyed. XYZ, I can go on and on. And last, a new segment called the Mike Francesca Alert. We'll break that down later. And of course, our wins and L's of the week. But first, let's take a quick pause to hear us talk about our sponsor over at Anchor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PA Turn Pod. This is episode number 36 on our quest to a Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, I am Rob, joined as always by Joel on this Brian Westbrook episode, yeah. number 36, where we talk about special teams and two kings. How are you today? I am pretty good, pretty good. Uh, a lot of talk oh. about that football weekend was amazing, but... Home from work, a little bit tired, but I'm here. How about you, sir? Um, I'm jacked. We have the biggest story in sports right now. The Flyers have <laughs> lost 13 consecutive, I believe. Um, Trash. So they now have the longest um, streak in NHL history without a loss, and they now have the longest streak in NHL history without a win. So that's that's going to be the bulk of this episode is us breaking down the Claude Giroux trademark. I'm kidding. Um <laughs> Yeah, tons to get to. Uh, we attended our first Sixers game together. There was a huge weekend in football. Um, Antonio Brown is tweeting again. They let him out of his cage, I guess. Um, a bunch of just crazy stuff. Some more trade rumors with the Sixers. Um, Mike Francesa finally got a prediction right. And, <laughs> and then we have some W's and L's. So a lot to get to. A jam-packed episode number 36. Um, and I understand you're working on finding some uh, intro music for us. Yeah, I'm either going to find one or make one custom, thanks to uh, GarageBand and my iPad. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, let's go. Yeah, and then also little uplift to the to the logo, the cover art, possibly. Big things are coming in uh, 2022 for the PA Turnpod. Um, Leveling up. We're going today up. is your. Today's your Thursday, right? Let's see, making tomorrow. So we're out, we're actually recording a day early this week, but my schedule is completely out of whack right now. I, I thought today was Monday the entire day, oh and it turns God. out it was Tuesday because I was off yesterday. Yeah, I got to work. I called another store trying to contact somebody. Mm -hmm. Someone picked up, but I was like, "Wait a second, wait! You don't work Mondays." And I was like, oh. "Oh, this is way too confusing." And like halfway through the day, it was like, "Oh, that's right, today's Tuesday." So I'm all out of whack. Today's your Thursday. Today's my Monday. We're just like on complete opposite ends of the spectrum right now. I think Mercury might be in retrograde. <laughs> I, I'm not quite sure what's going on. Oh, Jesus. But no matter what day it is, Doc Rivers is blowing leads. Uh, luckily tonight he did not. But you and I had a firsthand experience last Thursday night. As we are... Wednesday night? Friday, Friday, Friday. I don't know what day. Friday night. We went to see, I'm telling you, 
Um, love the place. You and I attended, um, along with um, our esteemed guest, my girlfriend slash your niece, attended yeah. Sixers Clippers last Friday for what, like $16 ticket? <laughs> yeah, $16 per ticket. We had good seats too. Good seats. Close Nobody to the next aisle. to us. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no one next to me. Oh, wait. I had nobody next to me either. We had the people in front of us. I, I became friends with some dude in front of us because I said Tobias Harris had no shot in hell of making a free throw. <laughs> the guy turned around and was like, yeah, we knew that was going to happen. They had four guys on the floor. who could have made it. And so I became friends with uh, Joe Bag of Donuts in front of us. But like maybe, I don't know, 10 seconds before you made that comment, uh, your girlfriend, my niece, <laughs> in the middle seat was not having a good time because that person ended up being moved in front of her when she had an open seat and her view was yeah. blocked temporarily before he sat down for a minute. No. And I, I sort uh... of and I sort of made a friend without talking to anybody. Uh the guy <laughs> in front of me, I happened to look over and he's frantically making bets <laughs> on fan. Oh right. His and girlfriend I... was like, Oh, are we can we can eat at Outback Steakhouse tonight or McDonald's. And then you were like egging me to talk to him like hey man what are you putting down I'm like no this man's sweating <laughs> ask him what he's doing is he hedging i don't know <laughs> so my guy <laughs> hopefully my guy didn't lay the uh the eight and a half like i did so Yeesh. that was a rough one i mean it was fun seeing him be get the double double and the 30 points once that happened it was like all right our highlight is done we it was fun money. watching him play in general that's your first time seeing him right yeah my first time seeing him beat in person and well man. playing on the court was pretty awesome I will never take him for granted. I don't care how many championships they win, if it's zero or if it's seven. I'm never going to take a game of his for granted. I'm going to be insufferable regardless of the outcome. <laughs> he's dropping 40 and 10. Like it's like he's like making, he's doing it. He, he, like your routine in the morning, I would assume, is get up, take a shower, brush your teeth. His routine is just like get up, 40 and 10, go to sleep. And, and a little bit of gas at the end of the game. He's but, incredible. Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah, he was very gassed when we saw him the other night. Oh, dude, hunched over. I thought he was going to throw up right on the court. Yeah, uh, the uh, the thrilling finish. Maxi wedging a ball. that If he goes up just a little softer, that ball might go in. Um, miraculously, Marcus Morris misses two free throws. Yeah, right? And we get the, a, a Wendy's. <laughs> the, the first two shots of his life that he's ever missed against the Sixers. Um, Reggie Jackson kind of... I don't even know. Nick Batum becoming Ray Allen all of a sudden. Both of them just couldn't miss. Yeah. Especially from three. All right. So my biggest takeaway from this game, there cannot be that many left-handed white guys in the NBA, but the Clippers have all of them. Between <laughs> Isaiah Hartenstein, Luke Kennard, and uh, the coffee guy, yes, every coffee. single time one of them took a shot, I thought it was Luke Kennard. And at <laughs> one point during the game, somebody, I think Embiid was at the free throw line. It's, Luke Kennard now checking back in for the Clippers. Like, there's two of them on the floor. I mean, how's he just coming? How's he coming back in? Well, so. we have, we talked about this in nauseam that uh, GMs like to to hire uh, players with the same name, same last uh, name. So it was probably his twin brother. He thought at one point. I think we live in a simulation because there's. I, I had no <laughs> idea. First of all, I had no idea Hartenstein wasn't on the Rockets anymore. Secondly, I had no idea who this coffee guy was, but he started. <laughs> yeah. And thirdly, I had no clue that they had the only three left-handed white guys in the NBA. That's I'm wild. like. They're going to have, like, I don't know, Nick Van Exel walking out the tunnel next. Uh, Mike Conley's going to sign it. They're going to have just every lefty in the NBA. You know who but, had a close eye on them? Uh, your girlfriend, because she had him, I think, in her fantasy league that so night. So she dropped, she dropped Luke Kennard <laughs> in fantasy and picked up um, 
uh, Eric Bledsoe. And so Bledsoe apparently is back on the Clippers. Like the Clippers are weird. Like their starting lineup was just like Makes Joe sense. Bag of Donuts, John from Fox Chase, um, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, and then like some tall white guy that can't play defense. And then off the bench comes Luke Kennard. Here comes Reggie Jackson. Serge Ibaka made an appearance. Dude, like I heard six his minutes name. and then went home. I heard his name. I was like, he's on the Clippers. Literally, what? I said I thought he was dead. Yeah, you literally. Like, said that. He came in. I was like, is that Serge Ibaka? Like, what's he get? Does he have like an incentive in his contract where if he if he plays eleven games this year, he gets like a certain bonus? Because I mean, he he came in and basically offered as much as you and I did. Dude, it was that game was nuts to see. Uh, Maxi is nice with it. Uh, he dropped, I think, 20 plus. Uh, Harris, I think, the occasional 15, 16 points. And beat 40 something. Yeah. I, I literally so, said it when he hit 30, 32. 40 and 14. I'm like, this man's about, about to mess around and hit 40 on us. And he hit 42, I think, I think, that night. He had 40 um, and 13 and six assists. Drummond is horrible on the court. <laughs> Drummond's a phenomenal rebounder. He, hit, he played 11 minutes, had 11 rebounds. Other than that, horrible. Dribbling, turnovers. <laughs> It was just a bad game defensively, yeah. um, but fun. Had a good time. We were up 20-plus at half, I believe, and then all of a sudden it was a tale of two different halves. Uh, but it was fun. Uh, we ended up yeah. getting commemorative posters that we realized later on the drive home. It was craziness. Yeah, uh, that, that'll tie into my L's later. Um, <laughs> it was 54 to 40. After the third, I'm sorry, after the second quarter. And then it looks like it was 80, 74 after the third quarter. I don't even know. I, I whatever. Um, so the bench, as usual, gave them nothing. They got 14 points from the bench. Clippers didn't get a ton more, but they did get quite the, uh, so the the Hardy boys, the white guys came off the bench, gave them 20. <laughs> Bledsoe had eight. Abaca managed to have two points in five minutes. Terrence Mann played 18 minutes and was like kind of useless. Um, Reggie Jackson, eight of fourteen. Marcus Morris, probably his worst shooting performance. I, I would assume ever against the Sixers. Um, the leading, you want to guess who led the Clippers in minutes? Mm. Oh, Reggie Jackson. So it was the third. Um, oh no, he's not a left-handed white guy. Who's the other left-handed white guy? Uh, I don't know. Um, well, whatever. Um, Amir Coffee played thirty-four minutes. <laughs> Um, against the Sixers and B meanwhile played 36 Harris and Maxi each played whoa Maxi played 45 minutes oh yeah he was on there he was on the floor the entire game um, and B was three of three from downtown dude that was um, exciting seeing him hit threes I do have a small gripe oh. and I think over time it will get larger and larger it'll it will grow um and it's aside from the usual things that Doc does um, I, I don't usually pile on coaches because I honestly don't think coaches have too large of an impact on winning and losing. It's a player's league. Teams are going to the team with the more talent is more often not going to win games, especially in the regular season. Uh-huh. In the playoffs, you'll see a little bit of a, you know from some fluctuation. Like the Jazz, I think are well coached, but always come up short. Um, and the Sixers last year obviously were more talented than Atlanta, but came up short. Whatever. Um, aside from the usual, you know, blowing leads and then being you know kind of you know, kind of pompous in the, uh, the post-game press conference where they kept asking him, how do you feel about, you know, blowing leads all the time? He's, he was like, hey, Dad, oh. <laughs> I believe I've earned enough respect. Do you, do you guys ask Popovich that? I'm like, listen a second. Don't ask the only that. thing you would Popovich have in common is your job description and not your resume. So let's, let's 
cut the uh, let's cut the BS. Um, the thing that bothers me a little bit is young guys tend to get into his doghouse pretty quickly. If you remember last year, Maxi toward the beginning of the season really didn't play a ton because he he would go out there and make a mistake and Doc would just glue him to the bench. Shake toward the end of the year. Uh, he, we, I was at Game Seven. George Hill probably played thirty minutes in Game Seven last year. Shake Milton played four, and he got put out there in the fourth quarter to kind of somehow put out the fire. So the other night. And this seems like a recurring theme. Isaiah Joe, a little cold. He doesn't shoot because anytime he misses, he's worried he's going to come out of the game. Isaiah Joe comes out. He goes one for four, plays 14 minutes, virtually doesn't even play in the second half. Um, Charlie Brown puts up six boards in the first half, led the Sixers. He basically glued to the bench in the third and fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Niang plays 30 minutes off the bench, was three of 11. I like him. And the more you trash talk to him, the more shots he made. But he only made yeah. three shots. Corkmaz <laughs> played 38 minutes and was two of seven. Miraculously, he was a plus 13. <laughs> Explain that to me. Charlie Brown was a plus 20. He was the highest, you know, plus minus guy for the Sixers. Embiid was a minus six. Harris a minus seven. Maxi a minus one. Maxi basically played the entire game, so it makes sense that he was a minus one. But it, it's weird. He trusts these veterans that don't offer a ton. Um, and then you know, here we are. I mean, you know, Niang and Korkmaz is getting run, and Isaiah Joe, who's probably second best shooter on the team besides Korkmaz, even though Korkmaz has been a little streaky lately, doesn't get run because he, you know, he can't be trusted all of a sudden because he can't make shots. I think that's a, a problem with Doc. The regular season is your avenue to the playoffs to figure out what works and what doesn't, who works and who doesn't. Yeah. And we don't get it, you know, I don't think Isaiah Joe is Ray Allen all of a sudden, but I would like to see him get minutes to see what he is and to see if he could potentially help you, especially with Jake Milton out, especially with Danny Green out. And, you know, who knows what's going to come of the trades that we're going to get to in a moment. But, like, you got to figure out what you have in Charlie Brown and, you know, Isaiah Joe and Seth Seth Curry's out too. So you got to figure things out right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's something with the – not training, but like in practice that he's like seeing that we aren't, um, maybe it's like lack of focus on them or they run a play and then they're hesitant to make the shot. And if they do, it's not a great shot or all these different X, Y, Z factors that can go into it that we don't know. We're just speculating, but, uh, I mean, it is a trend. He did it in Boston a little bit. He did it in LA. He's doing it here, blowing leads and not trusting his, uh, his young ones and letting the yeah. veterans take the heat, ride and die with the veterans. But sometimes you got to read the room and give the vets a little time. Play your young guys, see what you got there. Yeah, they can flourish. I mean, even Paul Reed, Paul Reed, Charles Bassey, guys like that who have kind of gone up and down from here to the G League. Paul Reed just had like twenty-five and fourteen for the Blue Coats the other day. I think some of these young guys could benefit from playing because in the playoffs, teams are equipped to stop Embiid. And then they know coming off the bench, he's got Andre Drummond. So, I mean, you're going to need to figure out the backup five spot in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You can throw different looks at teams. That's ultimately another reason the Sixers lost that series last year to the Hawks is they knew what they were facing with Embiid. Capella was just going to mirror his minutes the entire game. And when Dwight comes on the floor, you're just going to pick and roll him to death with a Kongwu, Capella, and whoever else. And the same thing's going to happen with the Sixers. I think Drummond's by far the best backup Embiid's ever had. Yeah aside from what could have been in Nerland's Noel. And, you know, Rashawn Holmes was pretty good too, but he was a little young, beside the point. But you you know what you're facing. If all of a sudden Paul Reed gets run in, you know, March and April, you got like a mini Christian Wood on your bench that teams are going to have to prepare against. 
And you're going to have games where in the playoffs, it's are we facing Embiid for 45? Are we facing Embiid for 40? And then you're going to get a little bit of Drummond. Are you going to see Paul Reed? Are you going to see Charles Bass? Are you going to see a little bit of, you know, maybe they go out and get a Sabonis or something. He plays the, or John Collins and he plays the stretch five. You have to, you have to have different looks prepared. And in order to, you know, have those in your pocket, you got to try them out in the regular season too. That's probably my biggest concern right now is, you know, who can anybody on this team make a jump shot? Um, particularly from behind the line where the points count for one extra, the three point line. Um, can anybody get to the the free throw line aside from Embiid regularly? I need I need Tobias there at least four times a game, and he's not even doing that for me. Um, and who is going to play the backup five in the playoffs? Right now, we don't know the answers to any of those aside from Seth Curry can shoot a little bit. Korkmaz and Niang, one of them will be decent on a given day. Between Korkmaz, Niang, and, and Green, more often than not, one of them is going to have a good game. So I'm not worried about the one shooter, but you got to have other guys that can make shots. Max is your second best three point shooter right now behind Embiid. That's great. And that's concerning. Very. Um, he even took a shot. I was like, oh, Max. And I even put that down as a problem. That was like a throwaway. Like, all right, let's just see what happens. And he made it. So it was a good night for best for both of us yeah. in a way. Embiid is ridiculous to watch oh, in person, dude. dude. I love the taunting a little bit. The, the hit, him hitting the ground in person was more scary than I seeing in the highlights. It, it, it was scarier earlier in his career when he did it five times a game. Flopping. And every single time you thought, oh, my God. He's dead. Like, there were times, his first game against Boston in the preseason, the one year when he played, like, eight minutes, mm-hmm. I was watching that thing, and he, like, took a jump shot, came up, and he was, like, kind of limping. I'm like, oh, my God. Jesus. And then the game against OKC, his debut, I'm like, oh, he hit the deck twice. I'm like, I, can you, you want to just go 80% maybe instead of 100? But I think he only <laughs> has one speed, and that's either I'll go or I'm extremely gassed. And, he, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, he's probably in the best shape of his life right now. Oh, for and sure. that is only going to help him as we approach the finish line. I, I would like to see him rest a little more, but I think given what he's done the last handful of games, he's kind of getting some load management just by nature of them only needing him to play 30 some He played 33 minutes and had 42 points. I mean, he's getting better with efficiency. Um, and I think he also had like a coast-to-coast play. I think he got like a, a rebound, brought up to the court, just went down and just yammed it. So it was pretty awesome. He does that once a game now. It's money. Just like threes. He did one, I believe, yesterday against San Antonio. And I, I didn't see any of the game this uh, this evening, but I'm, I'm, I would imagine he did it tonight. I'm sure. I think he was getting uh, smacked, though, by the center, the backup center. Uh, yeah. Her- Hermana Gomez. I think he had a um, career night in points. Is that the one the Sixers drafted? I think it is. Maybe. Guillermo. Um, I thought his name was uh, Willie. Yeah, Willie. Um, Willie. Gomez, something like that. Um, real quick tonight, so uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker and uh, Guillermo apparently Hernan Gomez had a combined That's fifty points. I'm sorry, actually combined sixty points between the two. Sixers beat the Pels one seventeen one oh seven. They were kind of your two standouts for the Pels. Jackson Hayes, who I actually kind of like a little bit. I would like him as a backup here, but I don't know if it'll be worth whatever the price tag is. But I, every time I watch Jackson Hayes play, I think he's good. Um, Abid had 42, Tobias had 33. Both of them had double-doubles. Korkmaz and Maxi were both in double figures in the starting lineup. They still only got 16 points from the bench, which is really, really concerning. Drummond had four points and five rebounds in 14 minutes. Niang and Joe each had six points in 21 minutes. Thibel looked pretty rough. Nice to have him back. He would have probably helped them on Friday, but he'll definitely help them next game, especially with uh, our buddy LeBron coming to town. But 
and Russ. I mean, it's going to take a lot. And he, Russ. They need him on the wing. Um, and right now, um, fun fact, yeah. Russell Westbrook has a higher field goal percentage than Steph, uh, Steph Curry this season. Wait. Curry is on a really, really hard cold streak lately. Steph Curry. Yeah, like the, the bad one, the one on the Warriors. Russell Westbrook has a higher. I think you read that wrong, probably. Curry right now is shooting 41.6%. <laughs> um, and as I'm going to pull up, where's the Western? After he missed that point. game winner, I think he's been just. I think since Clay's been back, he's been shit. 41.6 Westbrook's at 43.7. That's, that's my, field goal percentage. That's my that's my theory. Ever since Clay Thompson's been back, Steph Curry hasn't looked the same. No, he he's been on a rough one. He's almost never been in a streak this prolonged. Um, luckily for him, that team is still winning. And like I said, the regular season for some of these good teams is just an avenue to get to the playoffs. Yeah. That, At this but, point, the regular season for the Warriors. You know, the Sixers, the Celtics, well, maybe not the Celtics, but the um, the Nets, these good teams, the Jazz, it's really just like a revenue booster because all they're doing is trying to get from point A to point B, and point B is the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I think the regular season is really just like them just figuring out what works and also making money. So, oh, Jesus. I'm just seeing the score for the Golden State Mavs game. Yeah, they're up 20, aren't they? Oof, it looks rough. 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 Um, let me see. Before we move on to the uh to the trade possibilities and whatnot with uh number twenty five, uh to touch on what you mentioned earlier on the on the starting five, the backup five, um, yeah, the Sixers need to to figure out something because teams will cover Joel and B and then they'll live and die with Cork Moss and Yang and Green beating you. And Maxi to a point because you know Kurt. Tobias is a hit and miss. He's streaky, and even so, you cover that. That what? And John B. Yeah. God he gets injured or he's in foul trouble. You're really in trouble now when you got Drummond. They're limited. So I mean, the Sixers got to find out who who are you willing, who are you going to put out there that they have to defend. And then you know, if you defend one, you got to leave this one open, and you're still screwed. You know. Yeah, I'm excited for next year when they have Harden, and the Nets don't have Harden. And when they play home games against Brooklyn here, um, they won't have Kyrie. So it'll be hard and Embiid kind of just bullying Durant. So next year should be fun when the Sixers probably lose in the second round again this year. Oh, my God. Uh, who do you think they lose to in the second round this year? I'll go Chicago. Second round? Chicago in six. In six? I give a, a, a gentleman sweep, 4-1. Five. <laughs> The I mean, the good the over. good news is nobody in the Eastern Conference can guard Joel Embiid. Problem is that the Sixers can't guard any of the prolific scorers. Joel Embiid cannot score all the points for the Sixers. He can uh, score, but he's certainly going to try. There's no way he can't. Well, here, let me rephrase it. Joel Embiid cannot guard the other five, the other four men on the court at the same time. Now, the the good thing that they do have going for them, although this is going to be moot because of the other players around him, but whenever the Sixers play Milwaukee. Whenever Brett Brown was here, they would use Embiid on Giannis and basically give him the LeBron 2013 um, Spurs defense where he just mm. dares him to shoot, and anytime he shoots, he misses. And that's how they were able to kind of handle Milwaukee in the past. I don't know if Doc is smart enough to do that anymore, but 
Stop and it. beat on Giannis has always been kind of like the uh, the cheat code that the Sixers have had. So if they, if they wind up facing Milwaukee in the playoffs, Middleton and Holiday will probably average 40 a game. Giannis will still get his, you know, his 15, 10, and 11, but at least they have a plan. I don't know if they have anybody on the team that can guard Kevin Durant. Mm. Yeah, Kevin Durant is another beast. Yeah, there was one guy that could, but... Yeah, Sixers are in deep doo-doo. If they... If they think they can make a, a championship run with this team right now, currently as yeah. is, not nothing on defense and no second or third killer option, yeah. and you're just hoping that Tobias Harris lives up to his contract all of a sudden, and everybody else starts shooting higher percentages than they are now. Yeah, there's nothing coming off the bench either, but that could change as we have, uh, as you have noted, they have potentially, you know, have some more teams that are interested in 25. Yeah, um, who is it? Charlotte is now in the uh, in the running. Charlotte's in the mix. The Hawks are still in there. The Kings are there. I mean, it opened with the Kings. Let me see if I can find it though. So they were the first team that came up. Probably, um, yeah. Between him and and Harris, um, De'Aaron Fox was in some of the rumors. Halliburton was in some of the rumors. It was like Halliburton and Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, like. And Harrison Barnes, yeah, for number twenty five, Harris and. A pick, they like we were gonna give a pick yeah. to them to get that yeah. happen. I don't know. I, I, so I think what happens hmm. is because of Harris's contract, you almost need something of positive value to kind of balance out his negative value. So that first round pick is almost always gonna have to be attached to him unless you are really just willing to take nothing. Um, I think Barnes would be an interesting upgrade over Harris offensively. Problem is I don't know how much he's got left in the tank. I mean, he's a good shooter, but yeah, what does he have left? And maybe a change of scenery would be good for him, but. Never know. Uh, the scheme with Doc and whatnot, never know. Um, well, he, here's the proposed trade. Um, in quote, for Simmons, the 76ers have asked the Kings for guard Tyrese Halliburton and multiple first-round picks and then asked, a, asked for a package around John Collins and multiple first-round picks from the Hawks, along with the Hawks taking on Tobias Harris Multiple sources tell the Athletic, and then the Athletic so, reported on Wednesday that the Kings do not plan to move De'Aaron Fox or Halliburton. They want to build around them. I don't blame them. Thoughts so, on on the multiple picks that the Sixers want for both clubs for Tobias Harris and yes. Redacted. So the first thought is probably the same thing that came into your head, and so the, when when the Simmons things began, I thought there were three ways I can go about it. They could go, A, shoot for the moon, try to get a Lillard, a Beal, you know, that type of player and use Ben plus other stuff to get that, you know, that that high-value guy. Yeah. Second was kind of this gathering of role players, you know, the, the John Collins, some other guy, some other guy, like Gallinard, whatever, or, you know, Halliburton, Heald, Barnes. Or the third avenue was, if I can't get the superstar, let me trade my guy for picks. I'm going to accrue all these assets and then utilize them to go get my guy. Whether that means we're going to trade 25 and then the, uh, the invisible guy <laughs> for, well, you know, let's say four first round picks or two and two swaps. Yeah. And then I'm going to utilize that as a way to get Harden or a way to get Beal or Lillard. I don't know, Luca, somebody, who, whoever comes available, you know what yeah. I mean? So that's my guess there is that if they want the you know three first round picks or whatever from Sacramento and a young guy, Hey, that's going to become my capital that I either keep Halliburton or I 
I utilize all that as my, this is my, my treasure chest full of things that I can give to Brooklyn in hopes that I can get James Harden. Man. Uh, well, here, here's another one. I don't, let me see, let me see that this updated. The what was the Charlotte one? It was what Gordon Hayward and picks. I can't find it, unfortunately. But yeah, it was a straight up Gordon Hayward and a first round pick of 2024 from Charlotte for Ben Simmons and a first round pick, I think, for this year. Would you trade Harris for him one one for one? I don't know if that's a fair question, but would you trade Harris for Hayward? I wouldn't want him storming the Independence Hall or the Rocky stuff. Fair. I think the fits were done with with Miles Bridges down there, but and Harris doesn't serve a purpose. But if in some way you could make a trade, whether it's a two team or three team or a four team, where all you lose is Harris and maybe you know a couple second round picks, and all you receive is Hayward, would you feel good about that? He's got to be productive. I don't. Yeah, you also don't have a power forward at that point. You're just going small at that point. Yeah. I mean. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to find it. The actual one that I saw earlier, where I was just dumbfounded. I was like, huh? But yeah, it was basically like a straight up trade for them. And then you include another person in there, or whatever. But here's another one. Make the so, salary work. Yeah, basically. Let me see. I'm gonna, I want to make sure. All right. So this was published today. Okay. Here's multiple scenarios that can happen. Sure. It includes Charlotte. So here we go. Charlotte and six are straight up. One on one, Ben Simmons goes to Charlotte. That's it. Sixers get Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, Ish Smith, and two front first two first round picks. Ish Smith is a Hornet, apparently. I mean, I so I don't think the Hornets do that, especially if they're gonna have two picks. Probably they're and, you know one of their most productive young guys and their starting point guard or number one option off the bench. I, the Sixers do that in a heartbeat. I would hope. However, I don't know. That's a big contract. I, I don't know. It's also a weird fit. It's also an interesting fit. I mean, Rozier, your starting five becomes Rozier, Curry, Guy, Bridges, Bridges, and Bede at that point. Unless you go super small and you, and you work, you know, Curry, Maxi, and and Rozier. I think at that point you're hoping that a third team is involved and you can get somebody for those two guys. All right. How about this? I think that's an asset, um, like kind of acquisition scenario because the the word out is charlotte is is uh, a front runner they're in play now i'm not sure why but the kings these can't agree on maybe a player or two whatever the case may be maury is set on a specific deal from the kings and the kings aren't budging and i'm pretty sure it's De'Aaron fox and halliburton combined coming here the problem with the with the Charlotte thing is that they already have a pretty tall point guard who's probably the number one facilitator in Lamelo Ball. Yeah, I don't know how badly you want him playing off ball. In the same way, I don't know how badly you want Trey Young playing off ball. True. When those two guys are best with the ball in their hands, and Simmons can't really play with the ball in someone else's hands. He's got to learn. Maybe he's a power forward. Who knows? Yeah. Um, here's another one. Includes uh, Charlotte in a three-team trade. Ben Simmons to the Hornets. Here we go. The Hornets will get Ben Simmons and Jackson Hayes. I have uh, Hayes isn't coming here? No. Damn. New Orleans Pelicans are in this one, right? 
Oh, did I mention the teams? Yeah, Hornets and Pelicans yeah. and Sixers. Okay. Well, yeah, to, even even so, it would be uh, kind of suggested. Oh yeah, well, with uh, I don't know who Jackson with Jackson Hayes being a part of. It. Okay. Uh, Pelicans get Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, and Tobias Harris. The Sixers. You ready for this? Uh, it's going to be a bunch of stuff that no one's going to want to part with. I would probably take this. Let me guess. It's going to be Miles. So Bridges is already gone. It's going to be Hayward. Um, Wrong. Somebody from the Pelicans and then like two picks from each team. Wrong. Half right. Brandon Ingram, a sixer. Oh, Christ. Devontae Graham, Mason Plumley, <laughs> and Josh Hart. Plus, so I would, plus I would love a that. first round pick from Charlotte. I, I only want Josh Hart from that. I, Ingram, to me, I feel like I mentioned this a long time ago. He doesn't look like, and not that I'm worried about what he looks like, but when I watch him, I don't see what his role is on a good team. I don't think he can be Chris Middleton. I think he's he's good stats, bad team guy. I think he and can be. What a good I worry. Team. A I worry that team. he's you know yeah. I, I worry that he's like. He's I, I don't I don't know the best way to explain it. But I I just don't see him being good stats, good team guy. I think he's going to be good stats, bad team guy for the rest of his career. No, I have I have some upside on Brandon Gibb. I do like the Josh Hart pickup. Um, if I could find a way to just trade Tobias and maybe have to attach a pick to him and then just receive Josh Hart, maybe like a second round pick, I'd be happier than a pig and poopy. <laughs> because I like Josh Hart a lot as a player, even though he's a little bit of a dope sometimes. But I think he's somebody that this team would benefit from because he's kind of like a microwave on the bench. He can just come in, get you 20, and be cool. Not that he's going to average that. He's not Lou Williams by any means. Yeah. But he's a closer to Lou Williams than anything this team's had since Lou Williams left. I mean, just imagine though you have scoring. Yeah, Maxie, Ingram, and B. I don't know who's I don't know who's playing defense on that team though. Plumlee doesn't do anything for me, but since you have Drummond here, Plum Plumlee is a rotational guy. Throw him in there as a bench. <laughs> we got a bench. You got Hart. You got Graham. It's a bench. You got something there. I, I do like Graham a little bit. I think he can play. I think he's definitely a rotational player. All right, here's another one. This the, the the title says Charlotte Hornets land Ben Simmons during the summer. So whatever happened happened in the summer. Okay. So after the Sixers lose in the second round and they fire Doc Rivers finally. Oh, here this, uh, this is how they do it. Oh, I mean, it didn't look down. It's another three team trade somehow. Big fan of these. Charlotte Hornets get Ben Simmons and Robert Covington. Uh, my dream. Charlotte Hornets get that. Sixers get Dame Lillard. And Mason and Mason Plumley somehow. What is, what, what is their fetish with sending Plumley to Philly? <laughs> no, they need a new Mike Muscala. And then the Blazers get oh sweet Jesus. What are they getting? That they're getting probably eight assets at this point, right? The I, the Portland. If I were the tri- Portland Trail Blazers, I might take this. Yeah. Uh, they get Miles Bridges, Ooh. Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre, <laughs> and Tyree Maxey. Oh, I would do that in a heartbeat if I'm the Blazers. And, and they get two first-round picks. Okay, absolutely. Now, if Dame wants to run from the grind, that's absolutely the move I make. <laughs> I find a way to. I'd probably find a way to get rid of CJ in that trade too. I mean, it might as well just tear it all down. That See, the problem with Portland. Else. Yeah, the problem with Portland is they're kind of like how Memphis was for a little while, and kind of how Indiana is, where like they don't need to win championships to be successful in their own mind. They just have to fill seats and sell merch. 
So to them, revenue is king. It's not like Philly or New York, where if you have a couple of bad years, you're still going to sell out, still going to have people showing up and buying your crap. Even if they don't make the playoffs, or just making the playoffs is enough for them because it gives them an extra round of revenue. You know what I mean? So I don't know if they're ever going to commit to a full teardown because they, they probably can't they sell it. tickets without those guys on the team. Yeah, That's can. also probably why Dame is really not leaving. He's probably got something long-term where he believes he's going to have a stake in ownership because he's so important to that city. Uh, uh, I, mean, I mean, he is. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. at some point, you want to win a chip, you want to be in a playoff team, you want to be you know, at the show. Either franchise has to make some big moves, and they're trying to probably with Ben Simmons, but yeah, Sixers are asking for the world. So, are you going to be like LeBron, just trade everybody away to get your Anthony Davis? So it's going to be Dame Lillard, Anthony Davis. I mean, and Ben Simmons. I mean, and then what? Scrubs on the side? And yeah, be with the West. The Fair. West? I don't think so. Yeah, um, see, they're in a tough spot. Here's one thing though. Uh, you also brought up something in the group chat. And my exact one-word answer was O-M-F-G. So I, I'm not going to dignify this with a ton of attention, but supposedly the Sixers are eyeing a big three in 2023 of LeBron, Kawhi, and Embiid because supposedly the Lakers could commit to a rebuild. Kawhi doesn't seem interested in being in L.A. long-term. It kind of blew up in his face, but I, I'm not going to put a whole lot of emphasis on this. I don't think it's got any chance of happening, but... It's a rumor from a uh, quote-unquote rival executive, which every quote-unquote rival executive has an opinion. None of them are any good. I mean, LeBron, Kawhi, and Embiid in Philadelphia. I feel like the LeBron and Kawhi thing has been a rumor for a few years now. After uh, Kawhi beat him with the Spurs or whoever it was. Uh, real quick, one last trade rumor. This doesn't yeah. involve the Sixers, but it does have some uh, an effect on them uh, just by like association. Um, Christian Wood, if he is moved at the trade deadline, the number one team interested in him is the Miami Heat. Um, that would be a really fascinating fit. I don't know how that – I guess just, you have to start him at the four, but I, uh, that's an interesting fit for them. That he would make them a more dangerous team than they already are. Um, they would have depth. Yeah, they would. They would have Bam Adebayo and Christian Wood. And I think Christian Wood can't guard and be, but Bam certainly could. Um, but that's kind of where we are as far as trades are concerned. Um, Craziness. What do, you, what do you want to jump into now? You want to talk about some, uh, some football? Some football. So I like how All Barcelona's right. been playing lately and Real Madrid. Wait. I, I don't know who's going to win the Prem. Is that, what, is that what it's called? Yeah, the the Premier League. I'm probably going to go with Leicester City. Um, Come on, Rob. I don't know. Are they still in the Prem? They get it's relegated? Man, it's Manchester City. They're winning this uh, whole thing. I don't know. I don't think um, uh, Alexandriov has anything left in the tank. <laughs> what team is Lukaku on? I believe Manchester United. Okay, so I'm a Man U fan. What team is Kaká on? The guy from Brazil. Uh, I believe he's playing for the New York City. Is he actually? I believe. So. Is that the team or that beat Orlando. the? Uh, is that the team that beat um, the Union? I can't confirm or deny. So he's the new Sidney Crosby. All right. So <laughs> Joel and I did not do per, uh, all that well this weekend with the picks. It was an underdog weekend. Three of the four dogs won. Um, also, three of the four visiting teams won. Yeah. Saturday, 
the Bengals, I don't want to say shocked anybody, but they certainly turned some heads defeating the Titans. King Henry's back um, Saturday night. This one definitely surprised a lot more people than it probably should have. Uh, the Niners defeating the Packers. Packers are the worst special teams in the NFL this year. It came back to bite them in the worst possible time. Aaron Rodgers, is he gone? Sunday, the Rams oh. tried really, really hard to let Tom Brady win, and he still couldn't do it. And then probably the game of the, uh, the game of the decade, uh, the Bills and the Chiefs, which are probably going to dominate most of our discussion. Let's talk a little bit of Bengals-Titans real quick. Uh, the Titans defeated the Bengals. or I'm sorry. The Titans were defeated by the Bengals 19-16. Um, Joe Burr just building a legend. So he's got he, – he's more Tom Brady than Mac Jones is, and everybody was trying to compare Jones to Brady. Um, I still think he's a touch overrated. However, mm. Mm. Uh, that might just be a hill I have to die on. He's, <laughs> he's a terrific talent. I, I enjoy watching him play. This is – the only reason I think he's a little overrated is every time I watch him drop back, he looks like Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> and I mean, they're both in the uh, championship game. Yeah, so you can't, I, I, I'm not taking top. anything away from Jimmy. He's, he hasn't done much, but he's... Porn star Jimmy G, by the way. He's not giving the games away, which is what's important for him. We'll get to him in a second. Um, Boy, he almost gave it away. Yeah. So for, first of all, actually, let's do the TCP real quick. So your lock oh. was a, a touchdown parlay. I'm going to give you credit for it because one of the guys scored. Um, you had Cooper Cup, Dawson Knox, and OBJ scoring. You had Cup scored. Somehow Knox didn't because Gabe Davis scored every touchdown for the Bills. Um, your dog was the Bills. Your leg was the Rams plus three and a half. So you nailed the Rams. I want to give you a partial credit for Cup. I should have won the Bills. Should have won the Bills, but whatever. Yeah. Thirteen so seconds just killed me. My my lock, uh, like a pansy. I changed <laughs> it last minute. I had CJ Uzama over thirty-seven and a half. He wound up at seventy-one yards. Did not take it. I locked in a Stafford interception. He did not throw one. He did Brady fumble, did. though. Yeah, Brady threw a couple, didn't he? I think so. No, I know one for sure. Just one. Um, my dog was the Los Angeles Rams going into Tampa and winning. I laid the five and a half at the Packers, and it burned me. Um, so the Bengals beat the Titans 19-16. Joe Burr just looks terrific. Um, 348, I believe, in the air. Um, he, he did have a really good game. King Henry came back, but it wasn't good enough. Tannehill is goodness gracious. I'm going to bow down. Take my bows. Here we go. I'm excited to. Uh, I'm excited for when the XFL returns in 2023, <laughs> and I go to the uh, the Tampa Bay Vipers and the uh, the DC Defenders, and we're doing the whole beer snake thing with the cups. Yeah. And Ryan Tannehill's throwing dimes to the other team, and on the other sideline, Carson Wentz is fighting with his teammates. <laughs> uh, and then PJ Walker starts. Running. Tannehill's ter- ter- like terrible. You've been dead on with him for a while now. You don't trust him. terrible. I've been telling you all season. I do not yeah. trust this man. He is not going to get them the bowl. If they do, it's a Trent Dilfer. It's something like that where this man just basically his defense and obviously yeah. tremendous running back in King yeah. Henry got him there. He's true. That's crazy. His defense did everything they could to keep them in that game. I said last episode, they have like the fastest linebackers I've ever seen. Yeah. Tennessee's got a terrific defense. If they can find a way to keep that team together. Some of them are a little older. You know, they have Danico Autry. They've, um, who's the other guy? They have um, Bud Dupree, like some guys that are a little bit older. But mm-hmm. Rashawn Evans is super fast. I love watching him. I like Jayon Brown. They just have a really good team. Um, they just have to find a way to get a quarterback. Maybe that's a Rodgers destination. Fuck um, no. Fuck no. Um, so even though we both picked against the Bengals, we both acknowledge that they are like the most confident team in the world right now. And there's no beating a team with, you know, 
just infinite confidence and good for them to win. It's it's fun to see a new team in the final four. I'm kind of bored of the Rams. I'm bored of the Niners. Couldn't care less about the Packers. Brady, I was kind of hoping he would get there because I'm, I'm just trying to watch greatness at this point. The Chiefs are kind of becoming annoying. And then the nice Bills are Allen in there. Yeah, the Bills are cool, but like the Bills are also kind of boring to me. I, the Bengals offer like an element of just like something different, and the Titans would have also. Um, but do you have any thoughts on this game? Uh, besides the field gold, uh, back and forth, that was yeah. probably the most heated competition of all. Who can kick the most field goals? McPherson, who'd have thunk many, many weeks ago where McPherson thought he made a game winning field goal against the Packers, I believe, and it missed wide left or whatever at home that we'd be talking about him basically winning this game in the playoffs and moving on to the AFC championship. Who'd have thunk it? It's funny that people crapped on the Bengals for taking a, a kicker in the draft. Oh, yeah. Um, Bengals were all so, over that. <laughs> shout out to Evan McPherson, Mac Money. As soon as he started, like, the uh, he was about to walk on the field, apparently he looked at Joe Burr and said, all right, looks like we're going to the AFC title game. <laughs> what a, what a you, have to, you have to be cool to be a kicker or you have to be a total nerd. You you, you can't be in between. Jake Elliott's neither. You need to either be hot rod or, um, hot rod or like, a, like a Pat McAfee kind of deal. Justin um, Tucker. Justin we Tucker. That guy. Yeah. That guy can kick from 80 yards. Won't miss. Um, so the second game on Saturday was an interesting one. A defensive battle. Um, 49ers defeat the Packers. Both number one seeds go down on Saturday. Um, defense and special teams for the Niners. You pointed that out brilliantly. Rodgers, 0-4 in the playoffs against the Niners. <laughs> I believe he's now, what, 5-6 and six lifetime against the Niners? Um, I mean... I would have to double-check that, but he was... At some point, I understand that you know special teams was the reason generally that they lost. Rodgers is not going to get a ton of criticism because of who he is, but at some point we got to put a little bit of this on him. Oh, I yeah. understand that the weather's not great, but you can't let the Niners' defense. So they went right down the field and scored the only touchdown of the game on offense first on their the first game. possession. Yeah, AJ Dillon maybe sixty bucks, um, <laughs> but from that point forward, there was very little connection with Adams. Very little connection with Tunyon. Not a whole lot on the ground. Rodgers really wasn't doing much. And they let the Niners hang in. And when you let a team like that hang in that has a dangerous defense, a lot of speed, which is something that matters when it's freezing cold outside and it's snowing, is speed and and physicality. Kittle's a freaking wrestler at tight end. They have a a, Debo Samuel is terrific. Ayuk is fast. They they didn't distribute the ball the way they probably wanted to, uh, San Francisco. But when when you're playing against a team that can move the ball without having to air it out, a dangerous game to play when you're not pulling away and the, and the Packers let them hang around and that's ultimately what did them in. Not only that, uh, special teams did them in. Like as yeah. you mentioned earlier, they just absolutely collapsed on themselves and Jimmy G basically was giving the game away too because you had yeah. George Kittle wide open in the end zone. You have the camera angle where we're seeing it from uh, the umpire's point of view, for, let's say. And you see Kittle wide open. You see Garoppolo yeah. looking at him. Kittle's waving, and all of a sudden he throws it late, and it's picked off in the end zone. It was yeah. bizarre how that happened. It was basically shades of Hertz and Smith, Ugh. where Smith just burned a, a corner, and then somehow that gets picked off. I digress. Um, but yeah, Rogers has to take some of this ownership as well. I, mean, I agree. It was at, during the stretch. I think. You know, when they're trying to win or tie the game, when they were down, when they were trying to now win the game, 
Rodgers is now playing hero ball, and at that point, you got to go with who you trust the most, and that is Devontae Smith. I mean, De- Devontae Adams, excuse me. Let's not put that in the universe. Yeah, uh, right. Devontae Adams. Oh, maybe. Well, Rogers unless he's coming come. here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're quick to... Then he's bringing Devontae with him. Yeah, right? Oh, Jesus. Devontae Adams and Devontae Smith. Jeez. Yeah, Rodgers would definitely not respect Sirianni. Oh, fuck If he didn't like LaFleur early on, LaFleur's like fifth best coach in the league right now. And if he didn't like Mike McCarthy, then again, it would entice him. If Mike McCarthy stays as the Dallas Cowboy, he would come here just to burn him twice a year. Mike McCarthy has... Uh, Rodgers has more rings with McCarthy than without. I mean... Oh, yeah, right. But how about this? Yes. And I'll get back on track. Imagine mm-hmm. this. Rodgers comes to Philly. Philly versus Cowboys would be Monday night twice a year, and it would be Super Bowl caliber game. We we might not go to the play, but if Rodgers beats McCarthy or vice versa, that's a I don't know the story. But uh, yeah, Rodgers is just giving up the the ball too because he he threw it in double coverage to Devontae Adams down the the seam when you had someone. Uh, was this the play before they punted? Uh, I don't know, but it was so like th- on, on the drive to try to tie or whatever so the case may be. I think I, I have a theory about that that throw. Um, so that was after they blocked the punt into the end zone. Yeah. I think the reason he threw that is because it was third and long, and he, one, was going to give his opportunity to Adams to make a play, and two, maybe didn't trust the punter a whole lot or the punting team a ton. Mm-hmm. throw a deep ball it's basically an arm punt intercepted you're just going to flip the field position anyway or you completed to get a flag so i didn't hate that but i thought his decision making making was a little suspect um i will say this about garofalo for all the things we've said about him mm-hmm. he is he might not be actively winning them these games but he's definitely not actively losing them for them and i think when you have a defense as good as theirs and so many skill guys that can make plays in spite of the fact that jimmy g is the quarterback Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hear anything about Trey Lance being the quarterback because when they had him in the game, it was obvious he can't run that offense. Or not the game, but this earlier this season. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. look like a good fit right now. He's definitely, he's you know, still green. needs to he needs to be molded. Yeah. Um he's green as grass, that dude. And I think he's got the raw skills and the ability. He reminds me of like um I don't mean I don't mean to make this comparison because of the team, but he does remind me a little bit of how Kaepernick was just like this guy with a huge arm and a lot of athleticism. Yeah. And it never really looked like it was refined. But that's what Lance kind of reminds me of potentially. A little bit of Mariota too. Um a little bit more like uh, whatever, but he's um, not ready for it. Garoppolo's not actively losing them these games. And when they went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, he wasn't actively losing them games then. And I think he has to come out and you know, you know, put together a good game against the Rams because they're gonna take away that running game. So he's gonna have to throw the ball. To his own team. Yeah. I mean. Can he do that? We'll find out Friday when we predict the game, but I don't know. Well, I mean, that Devontae Adams play that I'm referring to, it was like a third and long. Yeah. And I believe it was after the, you know, I think it was 10-10 at that point. The Packers were backed up in their own end, right? Yeah, they were like at the 25. Yeah, Yeah, he threw a bomb. I I think it was an arm punt. But it almost got picked. Well, but, that was the that was the point. I mean, it, it considering they blocked the punt into the end zone the previous possession, Rogers almost is, probably would rather throw it deep and get it picked than let the punter come out. But the thing is, there was someone underneath, mm-hmm. wide open, untouched. You could just dink it to him, get your first down, run as much as you can, and get out of bounds when it was I think near the two minute warning or maybe before or after something like that. But if it's third and long, I know what you're trying to do: get an interception, flip the field. 
or if you catch it or whatever, or flat, great. But I'll tell you what, he'll fit right in on the Eagles if he's missing guys underneath. Jesus Christ, dude. Because that's been happening here for 15 open. years. <laughs> was not, there was, he was on an island. The guy never threw it in. He yeah. said, fuck it, Devontae's somewhere know. around there. I don't, when Rodgers doesn't have trust in you, he really doesn't trust you. Yeah. But uh, special team did them in. Mason Crosby probably might retire. Oh, right. He had one blocked, and he missed one, right? Yep. I mean, yeah. it was not a good night. Story for of the weekend. I mean, um, what's yeah, his name? A... Who? Uh, st- the guy on the Bucks missed a kick, too. <sighs> Uh, suck up. Was it suck up? I think so. He yeah, missed yeah, one. I'm almost positive. And um, I'm thinking Buckner. But and then the Rams missed one too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, for this one, it's inexcusable because, as you mentioned earlier, uh, the weather conditions in Green Bay. This is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. His whole career has been in Green Bay. This team should know how to play in the snow. Mason Crosby as well has been a Packer. In big games, I think when yeah. Favre was there, I mean, inexcusable. It's just poor execution at the end of the day, and I think it's time for a little reboot at that position at kicker because, and maybe a special teams coach got to get fired for this. Yeah, it's, you don't it was want a rough season overall, job, but it's been a rough season, and it it showed right there. You know what? Um, what really? And we'll, I have two points I want to make, and then. Whatever you got to say, and then we'll move on. Yeah. The reason the Patriots won those Super Bowls, obviously Brady had like a, a huge impact on it, but the the Patriots always acknowledge that there are three teams. You have your offense, well, three phases of the game, and no one of them is any more important than the others. Yeah. But offense, defense, and special teams, and they prioritize special teams really heavily. When they have guys like Matthew Slater on their team, um, the the Chase Winovich, whatever the heck that guy's name is, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they had guys like Brian Brayman. Kamu Grugier-Hill, um, like just guys all over the field that were good on special teams. And teams don't win with bad special teams. They win usually because they have good special teams. Obviously, it, it quarterback, running back, you mm-hmm. know, defensive line, things like that matter Obviously, a lot. Yeah. And it will always matter. But the the, the small edge you're going to get, because every, every team's got a passer now. Every, every team's got fast receivers now. Every team has enormous linemen now. They have athletic linebackers and safety. Do you have a capable, solid, comfortable, confidently special teams? Do you have a special teams unit that can get you a block every couple of games? Do you have gunners that are fast enough to get deep on punt coverage and you know limit returns? Do you have guys that can get down the field? Do you have a kicker that can you know limit return? Things like that matter. And uh, when Mason Crossbar is missing kicks, he's getting his kicks blocked. You're letting the Niners block your punt. Three just atrocious plays that game, and that's ultimately what did them in. Do you have a punter that can not get, you know, blocked, but actually can? It's atrocious. Punt it down the field, put pin them exactly because also Crosby was it Crosby? It was somebody that kept kicking it. Maybe I'm just jump, over jumping. Maybe it's probably the Bills game, but someone oh, kept it, kicking it out of bounds. Yeah, I think it was. Um, it was the wasn't it the Bucks guy that kept kicking it out of bounds. It was one of them. But uh, there see, were the, there were a couple penalties that took the team out of the forty. I think it was the Bucks. And see, and that and that ties in with uh, special teams. You it, do not win if your special team is atrocious, and that's exactly. inexcusable. Even an average special teams is going to get you far. Um, for what it's worth, two kickers this weekend kicked game winning kicks against their for, against uh, either their former teams or rivals that they have played against forever. So Robbie Gold, Robbie Gould, um, played for the Bears for a hundred years. Got cut by the Bears. Bears have been cursed at kicker since. 
he, he kicks a game winner in Green Bay. He was practicing from that distance while the Green Bay Packers were doing that? their intros. I love that. <laughs> that was and awesome. then later on the following day, Matt Gay cut by the Bucks two years ago, goes into Tampa, his first game back against his former team in Tampa, and he kicks a game winner. So um, awesome. that Sunday game was nuts. Um, so, the, so the Rams um, defeating both themselves and the uh, Buccaneers all simultaneously. They tried so hard to give that game back to the Bucs and allow Brady back into the Super Bowl. But Matt Stafford made probably the biggest throw of his life. Cooper Cup wide open, gets a freaking, you know, a safety on him and the biggest play of his life. And Stafford airs one out. They come, so Brady comes back from 20, it's Brady. The Bucs come back from 27-3 down. Fournette finds pay dirt twice. Um, Evans looks terrific. Brady looks completely out of sync for three quarters of the game and then turns it on late. So the Bucks throw an interception. The Rams fumble. A, a freaking ball goes over the head of Stafford. Cam Akers fumbles. What in God's name happened on Sunday? They're literally giving the game to the Bucks. They were like, eh. Like Aaron Donald stripped it, I believe. No, no, Von Miller, excuse me, stripped it. Yeah, Miller stripped Brady. Very, very next play. Whatever happened, the center the just snap, said, the snap All right, just let's came go. out of the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Stafford is like, whoa, baby. Well, goes for it and misses it completely. And then whoever that was that came around the edge, I, think, I don't remember if it was Levante David or, or JPP, that dude flew down there. As soon as that ball J- hit the ground. I think it was JPP. It was like a hyena looking at hamburger. This ball Facts. was just on the ground. Whoever it was phew, right around Stafford. Stafford made no attempt to do anything physical on that play. <laughs> he just like kind he of fell down. It, and then after that, he's like, hey, you know what? I'm not going. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm cool. I'm good. I don't think Brady then, even sat down after the strip fumble. He didn't and- even have time to throw the tablet. <laughs> Um, right or yell at uh, his receivers so so they come line. back they find paid uh they find the end zone Fournette, two touchdowns playoff lenny Fournette has more touchdowns in the playoffs than games played he's only had one game in his playoff career that he didn't score a touchdown and yeah. that was against buffalo in 2017 um and then so it's what are we we're tied up at 27 stafford drops back launches a bomb to jake paul Jake Paul takes this into field goal range. Stafford gets down. They spike it. And then Matt Gay kicks the game winner against Jake his former Paul. team. <laughs> I'm going to let you get that off. Wait. <laughs> he does look like Jake Paul. <laughs> he does. He's the third Paul brother. The less tatted so, one. Um, so the Rams have held off the Bucks. Clutch play by none other than Matthew Stafford. I believe we both have slight apologies to make. We might be jumping the gun here before he hands the ball to the 49ers numerous times on Sunday. But I think you and I have a small apology, and we have to give some credit. However, <laughs> so, so be, before we do this, before we incriminate ourselves, you almost had me there. <laughs> let's listen back to the first episode of the pod where I said the Rams were a good value at plus nine hundred to win the NFC, and Matt Stafford was a good value to win MVP. <laughs> Thank you. But the last three weeks, I kept saying Stafford's going to throw the ball to the wrong team. He's not. He's just fumbling it to you the wrong team. Put money on it. <laughs> Should have. And he would have lost. He would have lost. Yeah, probably. Um, but uh, we both kind of, you know, ragged on Stafford. There, McVay has a quarterback that can throw the ball anywhere on the field, and I think that's all he needed. McVay almost kissed yeah. him right after that field goal was made. <laughs> he was like, yeah. "Thank you." Um. Uh, yeah, McVay has to be. There's there's just a monkey on his back. He uh, every year he comes up just a little short. He's gonna throw that monkey off his back this year and get to the Super Bowl again. I think. And the guy can only score more than three points. Yeah, um, God forbid. Well, yeah, with the Chiefs defense. 
an apology to Matt Stafford from me because I ragged on him a little bit because this man is a turnover poppy when it counts the most. Week 18 was a clear example. He basically gave the game to the Niners. Yeah. And look at this. We're having a rematch. And by the way, how fitting. They, the Niners have the Rams numbers. 2-0. It's impossible to beat a team three. So I was actually talking. My barber it brought this happen. up to me. It's hard to beat a team twice. It's almost impossible to beat a team three times, especially twice in their own building. And everything lines up for the Rams right now. They, they could be the second team in a row after 53 years of it never happening, 54 years of it never happening, yeah. playing a Super Bowl in your home stadium. Back-to-back years, man. Which know. means I'm betting on the Raiders to go to the Super Bowl next year. Because this... Not I with Gerard Mayo as a head coach. I don't mind that. But um, so mm. you asked a couple of questions here. Go uh, for it. What, what happens with Brady? What happens with Gronkowski? So... Supposedly, this is the closest to "quote unquote" being real that the Brady stuff has gotten to. Yeah. That's according to Rappaport and Schefter. Um, I have one thought, but I will let you go first. Um, supposedly, Brady—it's it, more Giselle than it is Tom. Tom could probably play until he's fifty, but supposedly, it, it takes more out of Giselle watching Tom get hit than um, than it does Tom. So, what, what are your thoughts on these? I think obviously they're a package deal. Brady goes, Gronk goes. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Um, by the way, Gronk had a tremendous game. He he's, was he's been good. He's been good one. since he came back. No, but this game in particular, he was like yeah. lights out. The best receiver for it was him and it was him and Evans. They were the only two guys that. First of all, Brady that that deep ball to Evans. I understand that Evans kind of burned Ramsey, but my God, that dude can still throw it. Oh no, so he just he, he saw it. You're even. You're leaving. Boom. Let me see you later. I think he might retire. I mean, what percentage he, chance would you give it? 75. Really? So, yeah. I mean, you came this close. You know you know how hard it is to get back to the playoffs. You're going to put your body through that. And also, like you said, the Giselle thing, his kids. Yeah. Uh, and now the whole controversy with the lawsuit, possibly now with AB and the Bucks slash Arians. Uh. Is Arians is on the hot seat for what he's done and said. Um, Gronk is not getting any younger. Gronk might retire before Brady, if anything. Gronk's body is older than Brady's at this point. Yeah. Um, this team, I don't know how they are with the cap. They didn't. They didn't sign anybody on the offseason, I believe. I think they just brought everybody back. Yeah, they they pretty much returned all their guys. I'm sure they brought in somebody, but they for the most part just brought everybody back. I'm not saying they're going to rebuild. Like just take everyone. I think they're just going to repackage, get another quarterback in. And you know, make a run by yeah. the Brady's time is very windling down. If it's not this year, it's definitely next year. He's out. I think he wants to be the one that controls when he leaves. I don't love the abrupt, you know, departure. I think when he's when it's time for him to go, he's going to want a uh, not even a farewell tour, but he's going to make it known. Um, I do think he's trying to take a slice out of the Aaron Rodgers, you know, quarterback attention pie. Because <laughs> Rodgers, the entire year, all we've heard about is. Is he going to the Steelers? Is he going to the Broncos? Is he going to the God knows where? Is he going to the Saints? Um, or is he staying? Brady's like, hey, I, I'm I'm like really important too. Like um, my my signing with Tampa Bay coincided with you know the world shutting down. So hmm. I don't know how much uh how much of it is Brady wanting the attention. He's got the TV 12 stuff, he just launched apparel, he's got a bunch of supplements he's selling. He he doesn't need football. And if he's he is literally the only player in the NFL, only person in the NFL with nothing to prove because Belichick still has something to prove. Andy Reid still has something to prove. Mahomes, Rogers, all these guys have things they need to prove. He is the only one that doesn't have to prove anything. 
Gronk maybe also doesn't need to prove anything. Brady's playing against himself at this point. He's got almost every record. He's got the, what, six Super Bowls, seven Super Bowls? Is he seven Seven. and three in the Super Bowl? Yeah. He's just playing against himself at this point. And I also think that guys went to Tampa and stayed in Tampa because he went there. He would give fair warning if he were out. Because then you got guys that are stuck there and Joe Bag of Donuts is your quarterback next year. Um, Let me ask you this. Yeah, go ahead. Before, uh, and, then, and then you can get to your point. Brady retires. If you're Tampa, are you calling Green Bay? No team is really built to win now aside from Tampa with no quarterback if Brady retires. No team that is quarterbackless has a better championship caliber roster than Tampa. It depends on the scheme. I don't know how Bruce Arians or whoever the offensive coordinator is, what it is. I mean, yeah, definitely go after Rodgers 1,000%, yeah. But a Russell Wilson, possibly. Garoppolo, he was a, he yeah. was the understudy, and he did well at when Brady went down with the injury or whatever it was, or suspended. Yeah. Um, Derek Carr, if he's available. Yeah. But obviously, yeah, you go for the big tuna in Rodgers. See what you can get for him if he's a free agent or whatever the case may yeah. be. But yeah, why not? I think once you once you get to that uh, that pedestal, it's hard to go backwards. I think if they have an elite quarterback now, they're not going to want to take a step backwards. The Saints, what they did was kind of confusing because it was like we have Breeze, we're going to give James a shot. I'm surprised they didn't go after a Wilson or a good player or whatever. I don't know what Tampa does next year. I think if you have a, if if I had a uh, if I had to put it a percentage like you did. Yeah. You're a little bit higher than me. I think it's closer to like 40% he retires, 60 sticks around. 50. I don't think he's retiring just at the drop of a hat. Because there have been no rumblings of this until the night before the game. I know. It wasn't that weird that all of a sudden this comes nothing. up? Nothing. He said nothing. Um, and then um, let's wrap it all up with probably the craziest game either of us has ever seen, aside from maybe the Eagles Super Bowl. But mm-hmm. take our heart and our emotion out of it. This is probably the greatest game we've seen in the last little while. So the Chiefs defeat the Bills. What was it? 42-39, I think it was. Yeah. Something like that. Right. Um, just an absurd. Or, just an absurd. Wow. Oh, that's right, because it was a touchdown. Absurd game. Um, first of all, great. Gabriel Davis. What a king. Absolutely going nuts. Good player. Really liked him in college. Really thought he was kind of underwhelming as a pro. Overshadowed all right, him. All right, freezing cold takes. He's a little overshadowed by Diggs, who, speaking of freezing cold, three catches for seven yards. Um, at a big two-point conversion. Cole Beasley, yeah. Dawson Knox, good players on that team. But Gabe Davis didn't really do a whole lot. And then he made the best of his opportunity. He broke some ankles. He, Josh Allen, was absolutely filthy. I think Allen did more. I don't want to take anything away from Mahomes. Allen did more than Mahomes on Sunday to keep his team in it and put his team closer to the edge. Mahomes was fabulous. Don't get me wrong, but Hill and Kelsey and Hardman making these plays. McKinnon has been a godsend for them. He looks a lot like Minnesota McKinnon right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Devin Singletary, I would probably just not give the ball to anymore. Every time he gets the ball, he is costing them yardage by not taking what is being given to him, and he's trying to make something out of nothing. And I think that's going to hurt. Well, it doesn't matter now, but... Um, Singletary kind of hurt the Bills. Allen was phenomenal. Hill with probably the most absurd play I've ever seen, catching the ball and then just basically running by everybody, 
Kelsey making the play in the middle of the field. Mahomes had 13 seconds and got them down 40 yards in two plays. Dude. No. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Just nuts. I was just going to say, this is probably the first time I've ever seen a playoff game come down to the final <laughs> minute. And both teams have all three timeouts. And one of the teams is coached by Andy Reid. Yeah. <laughs> who never has any timeouts. If this were five years ago, Mahomes would have the ball with 13 seconds left and they would have no timeouts left. It'd be hell Mary time. And they would be pitch. throwing the ball 68 yards. Or to the sidelines, at least. Um, I didn't see the game because I was at work. But I had it on GameCast on the screen for ESPN. And we're like, oh, shit, Buffalo can do it. And then Buffalo, I think, was on a fourth down driving. They they got up. Oh, Josh Allen converted him. Amazing. He, he, got, he was flush in the pocket, kind of just running in circles. Boom, pump fake. Let me just get the yards, get out of bounds, untouched. Dude, he, he and Mahomes were in the zone. They both led their teams in rushing, I believe. They were both neck and They were virtually tied in all categories. It was insane. They were terrific. Uh, they made me money as well. It was like, like a boost. Mahomes and Allen to combine for 550 yards and five touchdowns. I was like, smashed it. Yeah. Smashed I had Mahomes out. over 300 with a win, and it was plus 270. Um, Yeah, it, there's not enough we can say about this game. There's not enough we can say about those yeah. two kings right there. Nothing we can say will do it justice. And I, um, I think that Josh Allen – while most quarterbacks and most players, most athletes are their own biggest critics, he did everything in his power to help them win that game. It's just Evading the other team rushes. won. Josh Allen was 9-0 and on uh, coin tosses before Sunday. <laughs> oh, my God. And he went 0-2. The game was done when that happened. There was no shot that they were, were going to kick we, a field goal. I don't want to dig too deep into this now. We should make this a topic for – Potentially after the playoffs when more games could be decided this way. Okay. But just yes or no, do you think they should change the overtime yes. rule? Yes. I've been saying that since McNabb did that dumb fucking... I didn't know the rules. I've said it then, said it now. I think ties are stupid. I think they should get rid of the... the time, the clock. Well, it's a, There's a couple clock. ways you can go, but I don't want to dive into it because we're going to run short on time. And I think this would be an interesting off-season thing especially if any more playoff games are determined in overtime. And given what we saw this weekend, it's very possible both games come down overtime this weekend and we just get another one two weekends later. But I think it is worth looking into. Now, I do want to make note, a couple years ago, Kansas City lost in the AFC Championship game 2018 against New England. Mahomes never touched the field in overtime. Brady and the Pats ran right down the field. Rex Burkhead took them into the playoffs. Kansas City proposed a rule change that would allow for both teams to get the ball in overtime. It was voted down. Do you want to guess what Buffalo voted? Yes. They voted against it. So <laughs> they can blame themselves. These idiots. And at the end of the day, your defense has to be able to get a stop. Yeah. I understand it's a passing league, and both offenses were just in sync, and it wasn't possible. Somebody make a play. I don't maybe, want to hear it. Maybe it's a prideful thing. Like Getting to overtime means you failed for four quarters. You want to dominate and win the game outright in four quarters. But when the game's on the line, your season's on the line, getting into the playoffs, a la yeah. Chargers, uh, Ra Raiders, even though that thing went down to the wire, yeah. you could have just saw a straight-up tie. That would actually ruin that as well because we wouldn't have that drama. No. Like two I, teams tie and they get in. Um, I will we'll say this. If, if Buffalo wins a coin toss, Buffalo wins a game. 
Kansas City doesn't stop Buffalo. Gabriel Davis just scores his fifth touchdown probably. <laughs> or Diggs actually wakes Diggs, up in that Diggs, moment. Yeah. Because Diggs, that I, point, I, I don't really pin that again. He, he, whatever. He, he just wasn't open. Oh, yeah, he was covered. He was their best receiver. There's he a was, reason Davis was open every play. Exactly. Have someone else beat us. This is what yeah. I was talking about earlier with the Embiid thing. Have somebody yeah. else beat you. What's the other option? You live with it, and look what happened. They won. I, it, circumstances weren't ideal, but they won. At, at some point, the defensive coordinator is like, shame on me on the first one. Yeah. Shame on me twice? Three times? Four times? Yeah. So, I don't know. It was wild. Great game, though. So the Bengals play the Chiefs next weekend. Um, Bengals are heading to Kansas City. They just they beat them a couple weeks ago in uh, Cincy, I believe. No, Arrowhead. Oh, they beat, him, they beat him in Arrowhead? I believe so. Let me. Oh, my God. Let me. Um, that was the, when we so, were talking about the get right game for the the Chiefs. Yeah, because well. the following week was so the Niners beat the Rams twice this year. Um, week ten they beat them thirty one ten. Week eighteen they beat them twenty seven twenty four. And it's tough to beat a team twice. It's tough to beat them a third time as well. Um, we're gonna dive into those games next uh, next episode, which will be Friday most likely. Um, I'm actually looking forward to that episode right now. But <laughs> as I look back, I'm almost positive they beat. Yeah, they beat Kansas City at home. So, since he was home for that game, uh, but KC did struggle against good teams. They struggled against Cleveland. They struggled against them. Struggled against the Chargers at times. So, I mean, this it, totally different Kansas City team right now. Their defense and is still suspect. You're talking, yeah. Uh, Honey Badger missed time on Sunday. Um, th- their defense made some plays, but I mean, not enough. Uh, and then, uh, do you want to talk? Real quick about the Mike Francesa hot take of the week, yes. where he um, he suggested that he suggested not only that the that the that the the coach become I don't even know how to explain this. He didn't even just suggest that the Giants should have a new coach next year. He suggested trading for the guy, trading for Sean Payton. And I don't know I don't know the the complete I don't remember the entire tweet, but it was something because of the divisional game. Like right after one of the games, it was like this is why. The New York Giants should go all in on Sean Payton, not a player, the coach, to coach this team, this miserable Giants team. The Giants need to take this opportunity to trade for Sean Payton. He is the right coach to rebuild this mess. This is at 1031 on um on what Saturday. <laughs> so it was right after the the uh what what was it already? Jesus. Uh the Rogers game. It was right after. It's just it's just that's the first thing that popped into his head was, "Hey, the Giants need uh, the Giants need Sean Payton, who apparently stepped down today. Whether or not he's retiring remains to be seen. Do you Called think it. he's stepping away to go to a different team, or do you think he's just leaving football? He leaves football for one year unless the money's right somewhere. Like, there's opportunities. Like, if you want to go to the Big Apple, get away from Louisiana and Gumbo, and go to the Big Apple, New York's right there, right? All the marketing, all the stuff, right there." Um, what else is out there? Denver. Do you want to Chicago? be cold? Chicago? Uh, the most the most attractive opening right now is in Miami. No ifs, ands, or buts. The question is, can Peyton win with a suspect to mediocre to average to decently decent good quarterback? Because I think with Jameis, that team makes the playoffs. With Michael Thomas, that team makes the playoffs. With both, you're talking three or four seed. And probably not leaving. So I think he's leaving because the circumstances were not ideal. I think he needs a quarterback to win. Um, I mean, where do you think he ends up? Maybe the Raiders. I feel like I we, think, t- we 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 t- talk a lot about the Raiders, but I think 
a guy like him with a guy like Carr might make it work. No, I don't. If I'm the Raiders again, I'm not getting rid of Basasha. But they seem like they're not really thrilled about the the prospect of keeping him. No, they're moving on. Um, I think, honestly, he's going to take a year off of football. I think There's no way he's coaching. I agree. And if if there is an offer, if you had to tell me there's a team, I'm sure the Giants are making an offer, and I'm sure the Jags are doing the same. I would probably go with Jacksonville. That's unless he wants to win now. Your best shot is Oakland, maybe the Dolphins. So the Denver, if they get a quarterback, if he has some assurance from Rodgers that Rodgers might be considering Denver, I think he's much more open to that job. Maybe I don't know where Rodgers plays next year. Again, like we did a few weeks ago, I think if you backed me into a corner. I think Brady and Rodgers are both on the same teams next year, and I think Wilson is too. All three on the same team? Well, no, not, not on the same team, but I think what? they. St- I think neither of them leave oh. their, their current situation. Like the, they're all on the same teams that they're on now. I'm like, what fantasy league are you playing? Right I can't now? see Rodgers on a different team. I can't see Brady on a different team. I mean, we did. And I can't. Well, yeah, we Brady. Bucks. That was a weird one, but I, I don't. I don't see him leaving. And I don't think I don't think Wilson is that kind of guy either. Although Wilson is a bit of a dick, from what I heard, apparently he held up a team plane one time leaving Philly um, because he didn't like the food they served him on the plane. Yes, that was true. I wasn't really. Yeah, I heard. Uh, How, Howard Askin. I don't mean to spill your beans, but Howard Askin reported that on the radio a few days ago when I was listening. So Howard Askin's a fucking prick. He's a prick too. But uh, dude, take a sip of whatever your beverage is every time he says Bella cheat. It's really annoying at this point. It's worse than the people that call Sidney Crosby Crosby. 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 So stupid. I, 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 Eskin sucks. His son's better than he is. Um, any final thoughts before we hit the W's and the L's? No, nah, man. It was an exciting week of football. Yeah. Best divisional round of all time. All it's games f- went down to the wire. Special teams. First time ever that yeah. uh, four playoff games all the same weekend came down to the final play. And, and uh, the, the team that won scored in the final play. Oh, yeah, that's true. And two number one seeds went down on the same day. Yeah. Um, What else before I we're, we're guaranteed a different matchup from last year. Guaranteed a new champion on top of that. And uh, also, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Dallas Cowboys could never because you had 14 seconds. You couldn't do nothing, but Mahomes did it in 13 and tied this game. So Dallas takes forever and now. And by the way, by the way, sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. Um, on the Stafford bomb to Cup, I don't know if you've seen this, this conspiracy theory by uh, Cowboy fans. When he threw that bomb to Cup, and it's a racing down, beating the clock to spike it, apparently the umpire behind the offense never touched the ball because he was still making his way up, but the umpire on the defense set the ball for them to spike it. And the Cowboy fans are to not rage because it's supposed to be the offensive umpire back there. Because as you see, after he spiked it, the umpire is still running in place to get to position. It was wild. Cowboy fans are just bitter. You took an L. Who runs up the middle with no timeouts? There were five seconds on the clock when he spiked it, though. I mean, they could have had a couple more seconds. He could have spiked it with one second, for all we know. I think they they spotted the ball with like three seconds left for the Cowboys. They spotted it with five for the Rams. A little difference there. Um, Here's the thing. They never spotted it themselves. They, I mean, Cowboys. But I, but I mean, the other, themselves. the other umpire could have got the umpire could have gotten there yeah, in the next three seconds and spotted it, and the Rams could have spiked it because they were set. 
All the guy needed to do was touch it and get the heck out of the way. <laughs> I don't care. Screw the Cowboys. They stink. Um, <laughs> but good for Steph or good for Jake Paul. Good for OBJ. Um, and good for, for good for Brady. I mean, he if, if he goes out, he did it in a in a fashion where he was super competitive and he let another comeback that just came up a little short. Sure. Maybe that's a microcosm for this is the end for you, buddy. And um, shout out to uh, Kyle Shanahan getting his yeah. team right. Yeah, he might actually finally be 500 for his career now. <laughs> I feel bad for Matt LaFleur. I do too. My man wants Rodgers back because other than that, he is now, all right, got to bring in a rookie or whoever. You want to guess Kyle Shanahan's career record? Career record? In postseason or um, in general? I don't know if... Uh, All right, let's just say it is. It's under 500. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is... This might actually be off a little bit. So his Wikipedia says 43 and 43. There you go. Um, his his football reference says 39 and 42. So I'm guessing that is the Super Bowl loss. I put him at 43 loss. Yeah, 40, 43 and 43. Four playoff wins. Two this year, two in 19. And what, so he's exactly 500. So congratulations to him. Um, kind of a fraud, but hey, so is Arians. Arians is a fraud too. And you look like an idiot wearing your uh, wearing your your little belt thing over your shoulder. Wear it around the waist like everybody else. Like a, You look like a moron. It looks like a fanny pack. All right. How, how many Ws? There's got to be a segment where you just bash every coach for their... For their, their aesthetics, tendencies. yeah. <laughs> Matt Patricia with the pencil. Episode one was great, but we're gonna laud the guys that make it look cool. Andy Reid wearing the half bra on his face last year, <laughs> and and the windshield that was fogged up on opening night. Mike Tomlin wearing the ski mask. There are th- you can make it work. Sirianni with the pencil or marker attached to his the highlighter visor. on his. Yeah, I don't want to. Looks like I could talk all night. Um, how many W's? How many L's you got? Two dubs. One L. I got two dubs. One, <laughs> two, three, five L's. Jesus. <laughs> Where do you want to go? I think my L's are funnier than my dubs. Um, let's just go with dubs. Okay. And then, you know, we can do the L's. Uh, you want to root off? Or you want... Okay. Uh, you, wait, wait, how many? You got two? Two. Uh, you can go first. Okay. So my first one's going to be Joel Embiid. Um, he is currently on a five-game streak where he has scored more points than he has played minutes. Tonight, he had 42 points in 33 minutes. Um, in the last four weeks, his MVP odds on DraftKings have gone from plus 4,000 to plus 550, and I got them at plus 1,000 a week ago. I've been at plus 600. Okay. So you're doing pretty... At one point last year, he was like plus 125. So at some point, he's going to grow. He's got the second-best odds behind Jokic, who's at minus 110 right now. But I love Joel Embiid, and I will never stop loving that man. Uh, it's blown out, but yeah, plus six hundred. I got him at plus a thousand, I think. Beautiful. It was like eight dollars, so yeah, I'm I gonna put, win eighty eight. I, I put seventeen. I wasn't messing Ooh. around. I wasn't messing around. <laughs> That's three units right there. Oh yeah, it's a big one. <laughs> I love it. Pause. Uh, I mean, yeah, Joel Embiid. Yeah, rightfully so. Every week is a win. Absolutely, I, I I have made it a point to not take him for granted anymore. If he plays on Thursday, 
Oh my god, what a treat! He better play be. on Thursday. He better play Thursday. What a treat that will be on the Lakers. Oh, and it's uh, they're, they're giving it another poster Thursday. Oh, fuck off with the looks. <laughs> I can't fuck off with that. It's still like in the corner, rolled up. The it's one on my wall. One. I have it on my wall in the basement. That's one of my five L's, though. You just defi- you just discriminated. I think it's really cool looking, though. Yeah, in fairness. Yeah, when you like fat head another person's head on the, on yeah, the actual true. person. Whatever. Um, all right, my uh, my one, my uh, one dove out of the two, uh, Antonio Brown, of all people, takes a W on this one. You might have him on the L's, but I don't have him at all. <laughs> Forget about the clown, uh, Antonio Brown. A series of tweets over the weekend. The best one. Uh, if if people follow us on PA Turnpot on Instagram, one of the covers when Antonio Brown did the whole shirtless thing and held up a sign or whatever it was. I meant that the cover. Well, sure enough, he did one. It says Bucks eliminated with him with the shirt off at Giants. He's a little petty, a little taking shots at his team, his former team that he quit on, by the way, uh, getting eliminated without him. But hey, you left the team high and dry. He might be. Happen. He might be vindicated though, however, because uh, the the report was that he was being forced to play with an injury. Yeah. And then the Eagles play the Bucks, and Arians like blatantly put Tristan Wirfs back on the field when he was not fit to be playing. So. AB's probably telling it. the truth there. Oh, yeah. I mean, he said a lot of things about Juju. Said something about what's on with the Raiders. I don't know. He just. Uh, he called Mayock and Gruden racist, but I think. Uh, I don't know if the racism part is uh, truly a factor, but look, things blew up there. Oh, so. it is a factor. You don't do that. Maybe he's just cursed. Maybe. So, I thought that was a pretty funny tweet. Just the fact that he posted about a picture of himself and scratched out Bucks Eliminated on it. It was pretty funny. As funny yeah. as it was, I think it was funny. That's so funny I have enough. a very, I have a very unique W, um, and it's not exactly timely because it it happened in 2000 and also happened in in November. Thank so you God. and I have the same one. Um, no, 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 I was so, gonna say we do not have the same ones. Fine. Oh, we don't. So this is prompted by something I saw on TikTok, and I I was aware of this to an extent, but I didn't know the true story, like the full story behind it. So yeah. the Pittsburgh Penguins in November sold to Fenway Sports Group. Um, which on the surface means nothing, especially to the like us. So in 2000, Mario Lemieux, who was like the franchise player for the Penguins before Crosby, um, he retired. It was actually before that. It might have been 97. So he retired because he had he actually had cancer. He wound up returning. However, he was due 35 million dollars on a uh, on a deal that he signed with the Penguins. The Penguins were about to declare bankruptcy and sell the team and move to Kansas City. So what he did is, yeah, so he negotiated a deal with ownership that he would, he would convert his contract into $20 million, $20 million in equity to the team, $5 million cash up front, and the opportunity to to put together a a group of investors to buy the team from the current ownership group Uh and then keep the team in Pittsburgh long-term. So he teamed up with one other person. Bought the team for $107 million. His equity grew from 25 to 40% in November. So so he put down $107 million. Uh, so 20% of whatever that is, 20, 20 million, whatever. Yeah. He sold. So the Penguins sold for $900 million in November this past year. So he made about six times his money what a while also becoming a legend in Pittsburgh. And, uh, Keeping the team in Pittsburgh, they would they have won three Stanley Cups, been to four since he retired. 
So good move by him. If that ever happened in Philly, we would be talking about that player forever. So shout out to him and shout out to uh, Fenway Sports Group for now owning the Penguins. But I saw this on TikTok. I didn't know the full story behind it. I would have made this a W for myself in November, but I didn't know the story. I didn't feel comfortable telling it because I didn't know the full details. But how cool is that? As an astute journalist, you did the right thing. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's, it's not about cool. being first. It's about being last. And right. That's pretty cool. I mean. Isn't it? Like, shit, I would, I would hope that happens here in Philly, especially with the Flyers. My goodness. So what what what, what would happen if they owed Drew $20 million and he was just like, A, let me buy the team A, and then 20 years from now the team sells for fucking a uh, billion dollars. I don't know. He, he continues to say, hey, I'll a, take that. <laughs> we would be looking at him. We'd be looking at his kid. Like, oh, your dad's not so bad. Shout out Claude Giroux. All he's got to do is beat the Niners on Sunday. He's going back to the Super Bowl, so. <laughs> you love you love Claude Drew's uh doppelganger there. You That's not him. him. At least he's winning in one sport. He's losing it. We'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> Dude. Prayers up for him every night. <laughs> Poor guy. I feel bad for him. Um my last W is uh I saw this on, on TikTok too. And then I saw it somewhere on uh, Twitter. This unnamed person, this Lions fan, I don't know if you saw this, Rob, but uh, a Matthew Stafford fan uh, yes. wearing the uh, Lions number nine, Stafford, and his girlfriend was taking a video of him standing up, as we all were probably for most of this weekend in these games, as Matt Stafford threw a bomb to Cup, and he was just rooting and cheering for his boy, Matt Stafford, to get a playoff win, another one, and knock out the GOAT, Tom so Brady. Cool. It was heartwarming helpful it was cool as fuck it was awesome and to see that Lions fans not all are bitter that he left he gave him what 10 plus years 13 at uh, 12 years something like that tried he had megatron they tried their best they tried can't, their best you can't blame any of their their failures on him you got at some point you got to cut ties and hope for the best for him future endeavors and look yeah. at him. he's, he's uh, uh, one went away from getting to the super bowl Using context, I was able to figure out that he was screaming for them to spike it, I believe. So it yeah. had to be right after the bomb to one of the yeah. Paul brothers. Spike it! Spike it! Yeah. Let's go! It was awesome. It was awesome. So shout out to the unnamed person and the girlfriend for actually taking the shot and posting it. It was awesome. He got traction. That was awesome. Um, so I have five L's. You have what, two? No, I just have one. Oh, you have one. I mean, um, you, can, you can write it all five in a row. I'll just do my one. Okay. I'll go all five. Oh, no, no. Um, I'll, go, I'll go first because my yours is funnier. Mine is literally like a uh, serious kind of thing. Okay, I, I have a and, I, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. I have no serious ones. All right, it's kind go of for serious. It. Um, the Los Angeles Rams takes an L. Here's why, Ralph. Oh wait, I, I think I yes. know what this is. Yes, you know what it is. This is pathetic. The Nationals <laughs> did this too. <laughs> Somebody else did this too. Um, I heard the Titans did this against the Bengals. Oh really? I believe, yeah, this huh. is what I saw on Twitter, yeah, and it clearly just... didn't work because <laughs> not your fault. You don't have fans. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, the Rams, and since this uh, news came out, the Rams have rescinded this, and Ticketmaster stepped in as well. But uh, the Rams were banning San Francisco fans from buying tickets at SoFi Stadium because of Week 18's debacle, because it felt like a home game for San Francisco, and it led to Matt Stafford getting. Miscommunication calls, 
penalties because he couldn't hear anything in his own stadium. So Rams took it upon themselves to do some shady shit with Ticketmaster or whatever and basically only have the local Los Angeles area have access to tickets, not San Francisco. But then it, on, I think I saw this on TikTok and Twitter. Both comments said the same thing. Ha, huh, they think that they actually have fans in Los Angeles. I thought that was a nice shot because Los Angeles is infamous for celebrities. They're just root for whatever is the hottest thing at the moment. They don't have any fans. They have collections of fans. And they were huge in St. Louis. And the, and the yeah. Chargers were huge in San Diego. What's yeah. crazy is when the Eagles Oakland. played. Yeah. When the Eagles played the Chargers and the Rams in 2017 on the road, mm-hmm. um, the, the home team had to use the silent count in their own stadium. That's how many Eagles fans were there. And I'm sure that was common for a lot of these teams. So I, I think it's pathetic. Uh, the Nationals did this in 2010 with the Phillies. Didn't allow, they were only allowing you just to order tickets if you had a um, if your billing address was in the same state or whatever. Um, Nonsense. It, it's pathetic. I think it's sad. Um, it's embarrassing, actually. Like, what are you doing? Is. So, I don't know what prompted this, but my first L is going to be Eli Apple. Um, <laughs> so, I sent you the diss track that I found on Twitter. Did I'm guessing that he's talking smack, but Eli Apple has been notoriously one of the worst corners in football the last few years. Somebody made his highlight reel, and uh, all it is, mm-hmm. all the highlight reel is, is just him taking defensive penalties and um, like getting burned. Um, he actually has defended in his career 40 passes and has committed 43 penalties. Darius Slay's making fun of him. Other players making fun <laughs> of him. The, the highlight reel is a minute and a half of him getting burned, and <laughs> and the and the officials going uh uh, pass interference defense number 20 whatever um so he stinks uh, my second l is going to be the flyers they have dropped 13 consecutive games and now have the longest life. longest losing streak in the nhl this season longest losing streak in franchise history and they now have as many losses in a row as they do total wins this season that's a bad franchise right now it's tough and i feel horrible for Claude Giroux, who probably doesn't want to leave but he knows his days are numbered here, and I hope he gets a chance to go win a chance, uh, Stanley Cup somewhere. When is the trade deadline for that sport? Uh, it... Usually, usually February. It's usually around the same time as uh, the and, so yeah, the hockey and basketball kind of start and finish around the same time. Um, I mean, my third boy, L. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for stepping on your whole loss, no, but at some do. point, the Flyers should really consider on moving on from this legend, like. Like you're, you're, it's sad. I love Claude Giroux. You're going. Nowhere. He's polarizing to an extent, but it's, it's the problem. The, so the problem that they've run into um, is their core is good, but it's not good enough. It's a lot like the Phillies, where like they have a lot of capital invested in these guys. The yeah. Flyers, you know, Giroux, d- different, very, like different, ex- like different skill level. Giroux was kind of Harperish. Provorov is kind of like your Zach Wheeler. Kevin Hayes is like your real Muto. Um, and then you have a Couturier who is, I don't know, Nola. Like you have a core that's good, but good enough doesn't win championships. And and, and they've kind of stuck with this core for a long time. They, they haven't really nailed a draft in, since 2006 when they drafted Giroux. And before that, 04 when they drafted Mike Richards and Jeff Carter, or 2003 when they drafted Richards and Carter. They haven't gotten a first-round pick right other than, you know, Provorov. In a while, Cam York looks like a nice young player, but they whiffed on Rubitsov, they whiffed on Moran, 
They whiffed on Sandheim. Well, Sandheim's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carter Hart's been okay. Stolarz was a second round pick or whatever, third round pick. He didn't work out. Um, they have basically whiffed on a lot of these guys, and it's a shame. Robert Hay kind of stunk. I'm glad he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the Philippe Myers looked like he had some some juice to him. I love Ryan Ellis, but I don't know what he really offers you. He's like their Didi Gregorius at this point. I, I, it's it's a shame because there's a lot of guys on the team I like. They brought back JVR, who stinks. He stunk the first time he was here. They brought him back. He stunk again. <laughs> it's a shame what's happened with that franchise. Uh, Mr. Snyder, I, I hate to, you know, use this as like a, oh, the dead guy's pissed. Mr. Snyder would not stand for this if he were still alive. That's how that's how embarrassing the Flyers have been the last couple of years. Ever since they gave us some false hope in the bubble a couple of years ago, they believed that this core was good enough to win a title. They caught lightning in a bottle and they fell off hard. Um, is it coaching as well? Or well, they fired. Point. Yeah, last point. They fired the coach earlier this season, Elaine yeah. Vigneault. So if you look back at Elaine Vigneault's tenure in Vancouver and and the New York Rangers, Elaine Vigneault in Vancouver took the Canucks to the Stanley Cup 2011. They lost to the Bruins in seven. And then every year kind of went on a steep decline. He mm-hmm. took the Rangers to the Cup in 14, lost to the Kings. Steep decline. Flyers, probably the Cup favorites at, at, at differing times in 2020, going into the bubble and probably in the midst of the bubble. Yeah. They fell hard. They didn't even, I don't think they made the playoffs last year. Um, they look rough, man. And it's a shame because uh, anybody that knows me loves, knows I love some Flyers. Um, I think they are cursed because they should have won the cup in 04 and, and it didn't happen. And I'll always stand by that. That was the best Philadelphia team. I think in the history of this stupid city, um, I will dive into this on Friday, my okay. third L and I'm only going to say these words now. I'm not going to elaborate. Okay. Uh, Major league baseball hall of fame voting. <laughs> oh man. I can't wait. We'll talk about it Friday. All my right. fourth L. Yeah. Green Bay Packers, 30 years of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. They have one Super Bowl to show, one Super Bowl each to show for it. That's it's it. Two, though. Isn't it two? Uh, one each. Oh, one so each. one with Favre, one with Rodgers. And my fifth L. Yeah. Joel and I attended the Philadelphia 76ers game last week with my beautiful girlfriend, um, who I don't know if she wants her name out there, but we attended the game. There was a giveaway. There was a giveaway. All right. The, so the Sixers wore their um, their city edition jerseys. Thank God they did. As is usually what they do. So the, the they gave away a poster. Before the season, they take these media photos. They use them on their Instagram. They use them on the posters. Players sitting next to like old school TVs, and they're wearing the jersey. There's like a rotary phone, a phone book. Like, I don't know. No electricity. We did not see who was on the poster. As is usually what I do, I went to a game a few years ago. I got a TJ McConnell poster. We gathered like four more. Went to the Christmas game two years ago against the Bucks. We left with like seven posters. Joel <laughs> and I, the three of us, went after the game. We wound up taking eight posters with us after the game. I we got in the die. car. I we got in the car. Getting one. <laughs> we thought it was a B. We thought it was Harris. We thought it was Maxi. We thought maybe it was just different guys. Cork. Anybody. We get in the car, Joel opens a poster. Who was on the poster? I can't say. Daniel Richard Green Jr. <laughs> no, that was the first one. Like, All right, someone's digging this. That's my immediate reaction. I was like, oh, well, that's not mine. <laughs> Thank Let's God I said one. more. 
Yeah. So there's seven more. Somehow we wound up with uh, not winning the golden ticket. So we have uh, eight posters of Daniel Richard Green Jr. Um, I do think it's a cool poster and it has the date of the game on there, which is the saving grace of it. It's a kind of like a, a nice little souvenir. Yeah. It's in my basement hanging. I think it's cool, but uh, Danny Green on the post is pretty sad and a, a bad, a bad omen if that was our first game together. I would have been happy with Cork. I would have been fine with Cork Moss. I would have, I would have been happy, happy with like anybody else. Drummond. Anybody. The only, the only person I would have been Doc less, Rivers. I would have no, had Doc Rivers. No, the only person I would have been less happy about was Doc Rivers. Now the saving grace is we may be attending Thursday's game against the Lakers. Oh sweet. Jesus. Tickets have already dropped from one sixteen was the cheapest. Now it's eighty six. The cheapest. That's probably a bad um, one right there. Yeah, but. Since it's the Lakers, since it's a marquee game, we have a good feeling it's going to be Embiid on the poster. If it's not, it's going to be Maxi or Harris. I can live with Harris. I can live with Maxi. I'd love Embiid. If it's Embiid, we're getting 50 of them. We're going to shove them in our trousers. We're going to put them in our eye sockets. All right, this is what we got to do. If we go and we get a poster, we got to open we got, it. We got to open it immediately and keep it to ourselves. Because if we. Because some people didn't even look at it. They didn't even. No. Maybe they did, and then they maybe that's why they up. left them. Yeah, that's why they left them all. I almost died getting one. I Shout out to the guy right behind off. us that dropped his phone between our seats. By the way, um, the lady behind me dropped her glasses. <laughs> like, like what happened? Like what? <laughs> she dropped her glasses, and your girlfriend went and got it for me because I'm like my yeah. big ass ain't gonna go. Oh, the dude behind us dropped his phone. I was like, oh, that's dangerously close to the the cheesesteak. Um, so, I was more worried that someone would spill drinks on us. That was what I was. Yeah, I'm glad about. nobody did. Um, everybody was cooperative. It was. I'm a, excited. It was a lit, was a lit uh, section that we were in. I, were they, upstairs is always better than downstairs. Downstairs for all like people with their kids and like people with money. Upstairs, the fun people that are there because they're ready to have a good time. Well, the girl, she like, I drove two hours for this. <laughs> yeah, people drove from like Brooklyn to get there. I um. Real quick, so somebody is selling the Tobias Harris poster, which leads me to think that there are no Tobias Harris posters for Thursday. No. Somebody is selling the one that that the the Harris giveaway, a city edition poster for seventy eight bucks on eBay. And numerous people, more. they gave away um Charlie Brown Christmas, like cartoons a couple of years ago with all the Sixers players on them when yeah. they played the Bucks. They are selling on eBay for like a hundred bucks. That's pretty cool. Um, forty bucks here. There's an Airson Eliasova one for nine ninety nine. Oh wait, they already gave the Cork Mods one out. Oh sweet Jesus! They gave it out on December twenty third against Atlanta. So it's not Cork Mods. I think we're gonna get him beat Thursday if we go. And and can I get my first W? I've been to two games, zero and two, but both yes. games have been blown leads. Well, not necessarily. The Raptors they were down. They came up. They came back. They yeah. That was with half short. the team out too. Yeah. This I, was... I've been to four consecutive losses. Damn. I, I went to two games in. last year. Uh-huh. Oh, um, yeah. we when the Phillies played the Braves, and then right after that we went to the Grizzly Sixers and MB was a scratch at six fifty. Um and then Babe, let's we, go home. And then we that was the only regular season game we went to. We went to uh another game that year, the final game. Against the Hawks on Father's Day, they lost that game. They blew a twenty-point lead against Brooklyn. I'm pretty sure opening night, and then they blew the lead the other night against the Clips. So we're due. We're due. We're due. And uh, Anthony Data Davis is back. King Braun confusing the white guy on his team. Turnover. Reeves or whatever. Westbrook. Westbrook shooting the ball off the top of the backboard. <laughs> Dude. 
we're, we're watching getting, the game at we're work. We're getting 10 Frosties on, on Thursday. <laughs> oh, man. So if they put that bum on the line. <laughs> Dude, they should play cold as ice. That'd be insane. They should. Um, we were watching the game real quick before we ended the show. We are watching the game, and every time we, he shot, brick, brick, but he would make them, and then the Laker fans were like, isn't it sad we got to this point with Russell that every time he takes a shot, we're expecting him to miss it? Yeah, that's pretty it's, sad. But you know what? The biggest problem with this frosty freeze out, maybe it's a, a power move by the front office here in Philly, is the guy in the NBA with the, the highest likelihood to miss two free throws is on their team because they signed Drummond this offseason. <laughs> he missed two, I think. When he got he definitely he probably missed one. But so we have a a fun show potentially Friday. We have a lot of category like things we want to get to. In the future, uh, we'll, we'll try our best to knock them all out as often as we can. We're going to, at some point in the future, talk about overtime rules, how we can adjust them. We're going to talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame voting on Friday, talk a little, a little baseball. A little bit. I think that will be the bulk of the episode. I feel like you're going to go off. Yeah, that, that pisses me off. Um, we'll talk, you know, a little bit of Sixers. If we go to the game Thursday, if it's a dramatic game, we'll talk about it. We got to preview the two games this weekend. Yeah, we got to um, do that. We got to do that. That'll be fun. Uh, the preview this the preview is just going to be who do you got? All right, I got the Chiefs. You got the panel. All right, cool. That's it. Thirty seconds. Yeah. Um, rapid fire preview. Um, I don't know when the award winners will come out, but we will eventually get to that. Um, if we have time, we'll do a top five. We'll talk about you know Jalen Hurts is he the answer? I don't know what this is. Well, uh, I'm looking at the Google Doc. Uh, we'll kind of rag on the flyers a little bit, and then uh. Oh, dude. Maybe we'll have some news with MLB. The two sides met again. Hopefully, they can get a deal done. Um, I would love for the season to begin on time. I don't know. So, my guess, Joel, is this yeah. is probably the first time in five years that the MLB was prepared to play on my birthday. <laughs> uh, the Phillies, anyway, were going to play on my birthday, and I don't think they're going to. Let me take a look at the schedule. That wouldn't that be some poop if they um, all of a sudden course they're home at 6 45 on my birthday um wouldn't that be some poop if they have to rewrite the schedule and all of a sudden they're on the road on september 8th instead of being home you better uh, get your tickets to travel yeah well they're playing miami so they're gonna lose anyway oh dude go to miami fuck yeah well yeah go to miami dude. Oh, I, impromptu l what in the hell was it was a rod doing in the stands on, on saturday night <laughs> He was Yo. just like in the stands, going like, "I'm, I'm having fun. This Who is what the, this is what regular folk do, right, sweetheart? We're in the cold. Who's the harbor that was in front of him? I have no idea. He looked miserably cold. from Dominican all, Republic. All I, I can no think business about being out there in the cold. The only thing I could think about is when the A Rod video went out viral on the internet. Somebody replied to it with a picture of him eating. <laughs> somebody eating. Somebody replied to it with a picture zoomed in of him pooping. Through his like apartment window. Oh, New York, stop it! <laughs> you can see in the window, and he's just in the bathroom. And there's a towel next to him that has a letter A on it, which makes you feel like the this photo is not photoshopped. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> he's a guy that. After he wipes, he uses that hand towel with the A and just wipes his hands <laughs> before washing his hands. I'm going to find a picture. Maybe we can make that the other uh, cover photo. <laughs> oh. A-Rod pooping. Oh, my God. He looked miserably cold. 
thought it was a doppelganger, but it wasn't. Somebody photoshopped James Harden in front of Delilah's, by the way. <laughs> what is Delilah's? Oh, it's a strip, strip club. club. <laughs> <laughs> There's one down here called Delilah's Den. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It might That's be the hilarious. same one. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Um, especially uh, an update on our fantasy league. Man, dude, I take a tremendous. I sat Mahomes and Cup for Rodgers and some other donkey who didn't score. Terrible. Um, I got to talk about my Jackson Mahomes take on this TikTok. Boy, that is going to be. If you thought my Daniel Richard Green Jr. ran was something, <laughs> Jackson Mahomes, buddy, you're next. This fucking. <laughs> I can't even say what I got to say. We'll be canceled so fast. Um, And also, something interesting Al Michaels might be on ESPN Monday Night Football. Oh, really? Yeah, it's in the uh, rundown of the notes. Oh, I yeah. did not know that. Yeah, he might be. So I thought you would like that. Uh, we'll cover all that. Hopefully, maybe Friday. If not, obviously in a future episode. Yeah. Um, any last words, Rob? And uh, as we uh, sign off. Uh, so, well, I know that they were thinking about doing doubleheaders on Monday night going forward. Oh, we'll God. do that when we get to it. Oh, but that's God. interesting. I'm trying to find the picture of uh, A-Rod pooping, but I can't. Because it doesn't exist. It does. <laughs> it will not exist. It does. I don't have any last words. Um, uh, I don't know if it'll be traded by the next episode, but uh, thank you, Clojure. <laughs> I thought you were going to say for Redacted, but yeah. Thank no, you, Clojure. Okay, and uh, if Redacted gets traded as well, au revoir, see ya. Come back to Philly in a different uniform. You will be welcomed with everything in our hands. I think if I get a poster, I'll throw it. If I get another Danny Green poster, I'll throw it at Redacted. They better not give out him again. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, guys. Uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Rob is currently <laughs> dying, but I think he found the picture. So. I found the picture. <laughs> there he goes. Um, I'm trying to see. We'll see you guys next time. Trust the podcast. Adios.